0: come on good Good Good. morning inspired church can we
1: just can we just give God a good hand please I noticed maybe we weren't listening to the song but it was like can we clap our hands and everyone was just like God has just not been good to me I'm gonna sit right here Look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm at home this morning, and uh, I, I, this is a comfortable place, and um, a, a whole lot of my personality is going to come out that uh, maybe you haven't got to know me, and my name is Jeff, uh, Jeffrey. I'm transitioning, I think, to Jeff, coming up on 30 in a couple weeks, but uh, come on. God has got something good for you this morning. God is, it is it's not coincidence that you're here this morning. Uh, it's not, you know, a mistake. You could be anywhere else, but you're here. And and maybe you got tricked into coming. Well, thank the person who tricked you, okay? So now you're going to sit through a sermon, and, and I believe, and I've been praying this week, and what a week. I've had a tough week, but I know that God has got a word for you this morning. I believe in my heart that God is wants to tell you something this morning. So come on, if you're expecting God, can we, just, can we just thank you for a moment that God is an intimate God, that he speaks to his people. Jesus, we love you this morning, God. We love you, God. And we know that you're going to do something special this morning. So right now, every person in this room, make this prayer personal to you. We just put down... All, everything that we walked in here this morning. We put away our week. We put away that argument we might have had this morning. We put away what's going to happen after church. We put away those carnitas that are waiting on our table at home, God. We we, full, we we just give it all to you right now in this moment, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would speak through me, Lord God, that your anointing would come down and that you would say something to your people individually who you love. You are our champion, Jesus. You are our champion, Jesus. And we thank you and we love you. And together as Inspired Church, we say amen. 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 So uh, if, if you're wondering who the heck is this guy and where's that guy I heard about, um, you know, our pastor's got to have a break sometimes too. So Pastor Philip, Philip, every Sunday I'm on this stage, his name turns to Philip for some reason. So if I. I don't know what it is about this platform, but it knows Philip as Philip. So, Pastor Philip and um, sis, uh, Pastor Jamila are in Atlanta. They're having an amazing time. They're having a good break, a recharge, and um, I don't take the opportunity lightly to be asked to, to to come up here. It's very, it's a very honorable moment. Um, you know, I I feel like this is what I'm called to do, and it's hard. It's hard to have a calling and battle with it. So this whole week I've been battling with it and I've been in my notes and there's times where I was like, man, I just, nah, this, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard, but it's worth it because salvation is worth it. And um, I just want to just thank you guys for being here and allowing me to, to be myself and to just share with you God's word this morning. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about moments and, uh, you know, we all, we all have these moments that we know best. There's a, there's a moment that you could think about that is like man, that was a good moment can you guys relate there's moments also that we miss you know where uh you're like wait a second, I was there but I missed the moment the the best the best thing I could think about is sports okay so <clears throat> Every time a big sports game comes on, there's you invite a lot of people to your house. And and there's a good part about this and a bad part. I always invite people over for the Super Bowl, the Warrior game, and there's usually a point in the game where, where there's excitement going on, but I'm engaged in a serious conversation as well. So I'm like, someone's talking to me and they're telling me their, their whole life story, which is so awesome. And I'm, I'm engaged in this conversation because I care about people. And, and, and there's this conversation happening and all of a sudden you just hear, oh, and you're like, what happened? I missed the moment. Come on, you know these moments. I want to play a, a, a short little a clip here of a moment that I had. So I'm a diehard warrior fan. You're gonna get to know a lot about me this morning. I'm a diehard Warrior fan. This is, uh, me and my dad got a chance to go to one of the finals games a couple of years ago. We lived in this moment. We were so excited. We, we, this wasn't, the game wasn't over yet, but we knew we won. There was victory being announced in that moment, and I couldn't be more stoked. And so you have these moments, right, where you're in the moment, there's a victorious moment, and you were able actually to see it because it was happening right in front of you, and you were engaged. And then there's some moments in life where uh, maybe something was happening right in front of you and you missed the whole thing. Like this conversation of having with someone and then something happens on the TV and you're like, dang, I missed the moment. But you were there, but it was right in front of you. You just missed the moment. I have another video. Um, you could go ahead and play the next one. This is an awesome moment between a, a best friend of mine who's getting married where, come on, all the Polly's in the house with the, what do they call, come on, what do they call them? They, uh, I, yeah, I wore a skirt. It's a Polynesian skirt, traditional. But it was awesome. We did. We did worship. Um, you, Islander people, they could pick up a flute and play it well. Like, I'm just saying. But in the moment, we you have these worship. Can we play it again? I want you to notice something. There's my boy Nick right here. Is missing the moment. Did you see him right here? Start it again. I, I love Nick, but he's just he's not getting it. The man is filling up balloons in the moment. Something is happened right in front of him, and he's missing the moment. One more time, just, just for the heck of it. Look, my boy Nick, look at that guy right there, just not, uh, yeah, bro, is it a ceremony? Is it time to go? Something powerful and awesome is happening right in front of his face, and he missed the moment. And this morning, I want to talk to you about um, a powerful story in Luke chapter 23, about a moment that happened and some people missed the moment. And this morning, we're going to talk about five personas that are really going to highlight um, what I believe um, is relevant today. You might be able to relate with one of our characters that we're going to pull out of this story. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 23, and we're going to actually start with verse 32. That's, see, that's me in my notes just messing up. But Luke chapter 23. And we're going to read the story starting in verse 32. And it'll be on the screen for you. So Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 32, it reads like this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. These were the Roman soldiers beneath Jesus on the cross. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him and said, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So, through this story this morning, we're gonna pull out what I believe are five characters that, while although this story happened 2,000 years ago, is still relevant today. That we can relate with on this interaction between groups of people and Jesus on the cross, and um, the, the the first persona I want to pull out is um, the rejector. The rejector is can be can be looked at in in this story as the ones who came to Jesus, the group of people we can we can uh, attribute them to the Jews of this time because they addressed him as Messiah. Uh, different versions of your uh, text might say the high priest. These were the people in church. And we we know these people in church. We are those people in church. And if there was any group of people from the story that should have been able to recognize Jesus as Messiah, it was these people. So you have these group of Jews and these people. um, Our scripture, we're going to pull out some adjectives that are used in each saying. And this first adjective that's used is the word sneered. Scripture says in verse 35, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if this is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And what's really interesting is when we think about the context of of what's going on during this time is that every champion before this one was a champion of power, was a champion of strength. When when, when a champion came in to conquer, he conquered, he ruled. By his works, he became a champion. By the battles he won, he became the champion. By the people he conquered, he became the champion. So you have these religious people and these group of Jewish people who who put their faith and their salvation and equated it to works. And what, what they were seeing right here, Jesus on the cross didn't define to them as champion. No, if this is the Messiah... Do a work right now and get down and save yourself. I attributed my works to my good standing with Christ and who I am. And, and, and what's really crazy is this is a character 2,000 years ago, but I, I think we could say that there are some people today who attribute their works to their salvation. Come on, these are the the people that can maybe be in here today or the people that you've met that, you know, I go to church. I'm there every Sunday. Sir, what did you do? I went to church. This past Sunday, I went to church. And you know what I'm doing on Thursday? I'm going to connect group. Well, you know, and by by the end of August, I'm going on a missions trip with Inspire Church. I'm doing the good works of God. And oblivious to what they might think, they think that there's some kind of salvation in the works that they're doing, their status of just being in a church equals salvation. And I want to tell you that they're missing the moment that's happening right in front of them. Yeah. They're missing the person that's right in front of you, and that's Jesus. I'm here to tell you that in Ephesians chapter 5, really sums up the idea of, of works do not equal salvation. Ephesians, excuse me, Ephesians chapter two, eight and nine reads, this, uh, reads like this, for by the grace of God, you have been saved through faith. And this is not by your doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. Come on, you ever met those boastful people? Let's take it outside of the context of church. You ever just know someone that boasts, man, I am the best football player ever. What kind of football? Flag football. I am just 6'5", <laughs> and I, I am the best. Or, you know, I'm, I, I'm a really good writer. Man, I, I've written several stories. Oh, really? Where'd you write them at? Uh, you know, that you can find them on my wordpress.blog.gspot. You know, they're, they're just, they just boast about everything, and they're missing the point. They're, in that situation, they're missing the point of their gift. And, and, and we, we could be so concentrated on the works and what we do that we're missing the whole gift. And in this context, the gift of, is Jesus. Wow. It's him sacrificing and dying right in front of them. They missed yes. the moment. Amen. You see, when we focus and boast about what we do and what I've done, we're rejecting what Christ does and what he did. Mm-hmm. We elevate our works and we look down on the cross. This, this word sneered, if we break it down into the Greek translation, literally means to stick your noses up in the air. What did that moment look like with these people sticking their noses up in the air? If he's the Messiah, save yourself. Come on. Wow. Wow. How many times do we focus on everything else but Jesus? Wow. That's good. That's good. The next person that I want to draw out of the story is the ridiculer. We all know the ridiculer. They just ridicule everything. No, 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 no. Let me see. Let me tell you why LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, okay? And you have this, this great player, and they start picking at all. Well, LeBron James just got a big, big ego, but bro, he just scored 45 points in the first quarter. <laughs> you know the ridiculer. They find all the holes on why that thing is not good. And so in, in context of the scripture, when we read uh, the, what the ridiculer did, you have these, um, these soldiers uh, in verse 36, it reads like this, The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Mocked. The Greek word mocked translated literally means in play, to joke, to make fun. They were oblivious to who God was. And this, these Roman soldiers during this time represent the Gentiles of this time, the ones who didn't know anything about God. They... The Gentiles of Scripture can be referred to as the pagans of that time. It's the ones who just are oblivious to the gospel. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't understand. They weren't raised in Judaism during this time. They're just oblivious to the gospel. We, and today we can see them as the non believer. This is the non believer. The one who just is pagan, maybe has a different religion, or just doesn't know anything about the gospel. This is the one that wasn't raised in church. Maybe raised in another religion and just takes the gospel and Christianity at surface level. It's just surface level to me. It has no weight, doesn't mean anything to me. I I hear you talking about Jesus and it's just another religion I've heard amongst other religions. And I just take it for surface level. And you know what? When you start talking about it, I start ridiculing it a little bit. Come on, you know the people at work. Who we say, well, if if Jesus is real, and then why? How come scientists are saying that the, the year is X amount of years old, and your Bible says this amount? Of, that's mm, it's not good. It's surface level stuff. It's Sur- surface level stuff. Come on, the, the we all know this type of person. Okay, we all know this type of person who they just don't get it. You ever meet someone who just doesn't get it? You could be into your favorite show and you're like, man, I've been watching this show. And I don't want to call out any shows here, but uh, I've been watching this show and you just got to watch it. So they go home and they watch episode one. They come back and they're like, bro, you just wasted an hour of my time. This was wrong about the show. She didn't even have any makeup on when she should have. They started ridiculing every part of the show. And you like that show? You're spending hours upon hours watching that show? It doesn't even make sense. Come on, we know this person. You, you know, you're, you, you're, you're like, you get it. Like, we all get it, but this person doesn't. <laughs> Go, think for a second. I'm going to let you take a little little time break right here to think about this person. You, you are just like so... Here, I got a good example i got a really good example. I love you, Carla, my beautiful fiancé that I'm marrying in August. That is my bride-to-be, but she's going to be my example this morning. So I'm, I'm a huge Disney fan. I get it, okay? I, was, I watched the movies growing up. My mom took me to Disneyland when I was a kid, five years old. I went at the age of 21, and people would be like, why are you going to Disneyland on your 21st birthday? Because I get it. <laughs> okay? I understand Disneyland, okay? And it is a whole lot of fun to me. So when Carla and I started dating, I brought up this passion about Disneyland. Disneyland. And she didn't say it, because she's so sweet, but her face said it. She goes, that's stupid. <laughs> now, Carla, is, Carla would never say that to me, but she, that's stupid. She was like, you go to Disneyland? <laughs> you know, we, they say, it, you go to Disneyland? What do you go to Disneyland for? And I was like, well, I love it there. You, you have to go and experience. She goes, no, I, I'm never going to Disneyland. I'm never, I didn't really watch the movies growing up. That wasn't me. That's not how I was raised wasn't me so <laughs> she, she loves me so much because one one time we went to Disneyland with her mom and day one right She was just walking up to the park like on her cell phone just like not about it text what are you doing babe i am just babe you got to be in the moment like we're walking up this is the best part you can can you hear the music playing like this is what it's all about Yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so we have this day one experience by day two Carla had a lanyard. She had pins. We had turned her into a believer. She was like, "Can we go do that right again? Can we do this again? Man, this is awesome. Let's go." Hey, he's got pins on. Let's go trade pins. And if you know anything about Disney, there's this awesome pin trading thing that happens. You just got to you just got to be a part of this cult, I mean, excuse me, this culture to know about Disney and what it could do for you. But she was she was transformed. And in one day, because she had this moment, this, in, this encounter with Disneyland, and, and I, I, look, when I really knew, when I really knew that she was a part of Disney and understood it is when we watched Coco and she was crying next to me, the <laughs> grandma. That's when I knew. She began to watch the movies and said, hey, like, can we watch Toy Story? You know, I never really watched number three. Like, trying to play it off, but there's something happening there. I see some, as funny as the story is, some, some cool parallels into when a, when a non-believer doesn't know, doesn't get it, they don't see the, the big point here. They, they say it's stupid. They say it's dumb. Ah, Christianity? That's stupid. You're telling me a guy died and raised again? Nah, I don't get it. But then they have a moment with Jesus where they actually understand what he did for you, dying on a cross. And it's like, man, this is the best thing ever. You're telling me I can have salvation, that I can have them, that I can live with him for eternity. They see Jesus and they get it. They have just one moment. It just takes one moment with Christ to see who he is for your life to be transformed. Now, all of a sudden, they're doing their own study to see, okay, well, the world says that it's this X amount of years, but my Bible and my scripture says this. They start wanting it. They start feeding it themselves, and there's a transformation that happens. You see, the, our word says that when we, um, let me go to it here. This, this, this is some really good stuff. Uh, do, we, do we have the verse? You know what? There's a scripture, okay, in, in, in the Bible, and it's not coming up, but it says, may we be transformed by the renewing of our minds, not to conform to the world's ways, that we might understand God's will, God's perfect will for our lives. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, the ridiculer sees Jesus at surface level, holding this person back from a deeper moment with Christ, a renewed mind, a transformation with Christ. This is the ridiculer. And then you have Jesus on the cross, hanging there, and the scripture tells us to the left, And to the right, there were two thieves. And this next person I want to draw out is the renouncer. This is the first thief. And if if we go to Luke 23, verse 39, it says, One of the criminals hung there and hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The adjective used here was insult. He insulted Christ. If we break that down into Greek translation, this equivalates to blasphemy, to see something that was once good, calling it bad. So what does this mean? This person represents someone who knew God and turned away. How do I know that? Because he addresses him as Messiah, And see, during this time, when you address someone as Messiah, you have some understanding of Judaism. So maybe this person was born in church, raised in church, was brought up in the ways of Christ, but in some moment shifted his life and became some kind of criminal. He turned his back away and started living a rebellious life. This is the renouncer. And so here you have him hanging beside Christ, and he renounces him by saying, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to me, because this was once me. Mm-hmm. This was my story. I was born and raised in church in a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost rolling, on fire for Jesus church. Yeah, yeah. That's my story. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like in Royal Rangers kids ministry ministry. <laughs> Midnight night prayer. I mean, if anyone should have just been rooted, it was me. I mean, I remember going to my mom. My mom is a powerful woman of God who's got an anointing on her life. Like, I was, I was a part of some really cool moments with my mom where she would go and pray for houses that were demonically, uh, uh, you know, oppressed. I was there, born and raised, seen it all. I knew the goodness of God. I knew how powerful God's testimony and calling was on my life. I knew it, raised in it, knew everything about the goodness of God. And then when I turned 17 or 18, I turned my back away from Christ. I started to walk away in a direction that I knew better not to. Why? I don't know. Selfish reasons. I wanted to see what was out there. Why did this, why did this thief, how did he get to where he was? Maybe he had some selfish, uh, uh, fleshly desires that needed to be fulfilled in his life. So from the, I would say from the age of like 17, 18 years old to about the age of 21, 22, my life was just like this to God. I turned my back on him. And what I, what I once thought was good, I was just slow to call it Good. And, what, and what's really interesting is the Greek translate, What is you recognize evil, you're slow to say it was evil. So here I am saying, oh, no, that's not bad. I'm slow to say this was bad. See me at the club. No, nah, this is good. This, is, this ain't bad. I'm doing, I'm slowing to call it an evil. I had this walking away moment with Christ. And I would say that in today's society, we can see this yes. renouncer as someone who's walked away from their faith in church. And maybe that's you here this morning. Maybe you came and you've had an encounter with Jesus, but some some moment happened that shifted your eyes and focus off of Christ. This, this, This renouncer is angry. He's angry. There's explanation point that is being used here in the text. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He's angry at the Messiah, the Christ, the one who's supposed to be his deliverer. He's upset. Maybe there's a moment in your life that you've had that didn't go your way and you thought it was supposed to go that way because you're a Christian, because you have God in your life. Because you have God in your life, this, this never should have happened. And you renounced your faith because of it. You renounced and said, no, what this was good is no longer good, it's bad. Because it didn't, need, it didn't happen when I needed it most. But this person is missing the moment that's happening right in front of him. You have Jesus standing right in front of him, suffering so that this moment, these momentary things that happen to us in life, these bad circumstances that are just a moment of time can't compare to eternity with Christ. Look, the the Bible doesn't say it's going to be rainbows and butterflies when you become a Christian. Matter of fact, it might get worse. There might be trial and tribulation. But what does God say? No, I came to conquer this world so that you might have an eternity with me. You're missing the moment. You're missing the purpose. Bad stuff is going to happen. But God says that it's not about this stuff here. It's about what's to come. When we become the renouncer of our faith, we see Christ as an equal. Someone that deserves the same punishment as us. This, this, this criminal said, save us. I mean, me and you, were just save us. Just get me out. I understand like you understand, so get us off. But what does the Bible say? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He is not our equal. What you may think may be the answer to your solution, it isn't. We become someone we don't need, or Christ becomes someone we don't need anymore, and we choose not to have rather than the one that we can't live without. And then we have the receiver. The receiver in scripture, so, you, so here you have this, this thief on the left and the thief on the right. I don't think it really matters who was on, which, which was where, but you have the other one on the opposite side, and thank God for this thief. Thank God for this one who got it. Now we're transitioning to the point of our story where we see the person who got it, who understood what was happening. Verse 40 reads like this, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. The adjective used here was rebuked translating it into the Greek like we've done in the previous two, this means to warn, to correct, to bring warning against what you are doing. You have this thief on the cross who's, who's seen two groups of people say, if you're the Messiah, save yourself. If you're the Messiah, get down from there. If you're the Messiah, save yourself. And I could just imagine what this thief might have been feeling. He's probably having some conviction that's going on in his heart where he's like, I can't take this anymore. (laughs) Don't you fear God? Don't you fear God? We're up here for things that we've done, but hanging right there is someone who is innocent. This man is innocent and doesn't deserve any of this. You have this uh, confession of sin that happens right in this moment. There's a confession, I'm guilty, I deserve what I'm getting here hanging on this cross. I am guilty, but this man is innocent. (laughs) Then it goes on to say that this man turns to Jesus and he says, remember me. I believe that the receiver is someone we all should attain to be as believers in Christ, continually admitting that we are guilty and worthy of punishment, but recognizing that there's someone who isn't that's hanging there and died for me so that I can see him again. This is who we should be as believers, constantly admitting I am the one who's in sin, I am a sinful person, and I am justly wrong, but you, God, you are perfect. And you didn't deserve that, but you decided to do it anyway. The receiver is the one who receives his guilty punishment and understands the only way to redemption is through faith in Christ. To look down on his works, to look down and say, that is no good, but look up to the cross. To look up and see Jesus hanging there and say, look, I know what I've done is no good, but please remember me. And this is conversion. There's confession, faith, and conversion, confession, faith, and conversion. And the last character I'd like to bring out is the Redeemer. Come on, the Redeemer. This is the, the whole main character of this story is the one who's hanging there, suffering in every moment that has happened prior to here. And you know what's really awesome about the Redeemer is if we go back to the beginning of Scripture, it, we, we see these moments that happen where it's, if you're the Messiah, save yourself. If you're the king, get down from there. If you're the Messiah, save yourself and us. But there's this moment that happens. Right before any of it happens, Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Isn't that awesome that Jesus forgives before anything has ever been done? That his goal and his testament and the whole reason why he came was so that forgiveness can be for anyone I don't know which character that you relate to this morning you know maybe you're the one who's just put all of your your salvation into works and you didn't even know it and you're oblivious to it but it's kind of been recognized in what I've been saying there's salvation for you and maybe you're the non-believer who walked in here this morning and was like I got invited and I hear this story about Christ and it's all cool story bro but salvation is for you He's hanging there saying, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then maybe you were raised in church. Maybe you know it, and it was something that was in your heart, something that was planted there. And for whatever reason, you've walked away. But you've been coming every Sunday. Look, I'm not saying you don't not have to be in church to be someone who's walked away from Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you've solely made a decision that this just isn't for me, but to please whoever or to please and come to the satisfaction of works. I still go to church on Sunday because it's the right thing to do. But you've walked away from Christ. You don't trust him anymore. You don't believe in him anymore. When conversations come at work, you don't take the rightful stand and say, do you not fear God? You don't own him, but salvation is for you. In my prayer time, I said, God, what do you want to say this morning? Because all this is great. Having some R subjects, the rejecter, the ridiculer, the renouncer, the receiver, and the redeemer. These are all great points, and they sound good, but what do you want to say to your people this morning? What is it that you want to say? And I began to pray and cry, and I was frustrated because it just, it just, I just wasn't getting it. And I had this, this, I don't know, call it a moment with Christ, yeah. Yeah, Come on. where he illuminates, just for a moment, this is a spoken word, 2018, for a moment, <laughs> for a moment, picture this, you have a father in heaven who's watching all of this go down, who's seen a son whipped, beat, flesh open and bleeding. You see, you have him sitting on his throne in heaven looking down at what's happening to his son. You know, he, he went through, he got whipped, he had to carry his cross, and now they put nails in him, and he's hanging there, and he's like, gosh, that's that's a lot to take. But then you have three people who sneer, who insult, and who mock Christ. What did the father think when that was happening? I know that it's his will. He was probably saying, it's all going to be worth it. And then, and then I began to think, well, what was Jesus thinking during this time? What was, what, was he, what was he feeling during this time? And you have this awesome relationship between the father and son where he's hanging there. And he's like, it's okay, dad. It's all going to be worth it. These people are worth it to me. This suffering is worth it to me. And all all of them may think that a champion means to get down from here. That's not why I came, Dad. I came to take this punishment for everyone else. It's going to be worth it. This is salvation. They're saying this is what salvation looks like. This is why I came here. They don't get it that in three days I'm going to conquer the grave. They didn't see what was going on spiritually. They didn't see that Jesus dying on the cross was winning a battle. He was winning a victory. Something was happening in this moment. In this moment while all this was going on, he had you on his mind. Salvation is for you. Salvation is for you. Salvation is for you. And this is why works can't get you to heaven because of this exchange that's happening between the father and the son. Works can't get you to heaven. I'm sorry they can't. Because if works can get you to heaven, all this doesn't matter. Jesus matters and Jesus came and Jesus died and I'm not gonna let my son go through that for you to get to heaven based on works. And this is why other religions aren't gonna get you to heaven. I'm sorry. Something awesome and something powerful that no other religion can do was die and raise again. And this is why that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This is why everything that Christ says who he is, is who he is, and why it's important. This is why. Because the salvation is for you. And yeah, you might have turned your back away from me, but salvation is for you. And this is why that I can't stop chasing after you. Why I, why I can, what does the song say? Why I go to the darkest of places and I'll climb the highest n- mountain. I'll leave the 99 because I died on a cross for you. Salvation, 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 salvation is for you. This is the Redeemer. This is why he's our champion. And this morning, I just want to close with this. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I want you to just take a moment right in your seat and recognize who God is. Who is he to you? Because that's what matters, is to have a moment with Christ. And we could come here every Sunday, and we we can show up on Connect Group, but if we're missing the person that's right in front of us, On why this all matters, we're missing the moment. We're missing the purpose. Jesus is standing right in front of you and saying, it's about me. It's about me. It's about me. It's about me. And I don't care. Guess what? I don't care about your sin. Look, if if Jesus cared about your sin and wanted you to get perfect before coming to him, this story would not be recorded in scripture. Let's look at the last character. This was a thief on the cross in his 11th hour, in the 59th minute. And he turns to Christ and says, remember me. Was Christ silent? No. This made everything worth it. One more for me in paradise today. Remember me when you go into your kingdom. It doesn't matter what background you come from, how you were raised, how you thought of God, wh- why you think of God. No, it, re- it matters that you recognize him as Savior and you had of a moment with Christ. After reading this text and observing it, I will never be scared to go to talk to someone on their deathbed again. Because in a moment, Christ can do so much more, no matter what happened in the 89, 69, 79, 39 years prior to that moment with Christ. Because Christ, what does he do? He turns to the thief, the murderer, the sinful person and says, today you will be with me in paradise. bow our heads this morning Jesus we come to you and I thank you for the cross I thank you Jesus that you are continually reaching after us that while we have these moments where we just don't get it you're standing right in front of us to reveal who you are the redeemer the healer, the savior. And I just want to ask you this morning with every head bowed, every high closed, that this become a personal moment with you and Christ. And we're going to sing this song, but I want you to evaluate where you are in your faith and who God is to you and who Jesus is. And, and maybe you're missing the moment, but Jesus is your champion he championed death for you we're going to sing this song and then we're going to come together and pray after but can you just reflect can you just take an inward look at where you're at come on let's stand together this morning and we're going to sing this song and I just want you to worship this morning I want you to to spend time with Jesus in this moment come on church lives are being grasped from the pit of hell right now jesus is breaking down walls and theologies right now in this moment come on we can sing that song
0: You breathe. You breathe your life.
1: opportunity for somebody in this place to have a moment with christ and with every eye closed we can all stay standing but with every eye closed this isn't about you this isn't about the person next to you or the one behind you but with every eye closed in this place my eye is closed if you can recognize yourself as someone who hasn't had this moment this admittance of your sin with christ to admit that you are guilty and he is not and the only way to paradise is through him if you haven't accepted christ as your savior he is our savior our savior our savior our champion who although we don't deserve it this isn't about deserving it or i need to go earn it that all that doesn't matter but right here in this moment if you're here this morning and you want jesus you want to be with him for eternity I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand, come on, just as an act of faith, if that's you and you want this moment with Christ, you want to assure your seal in heaven, in the kingdom of Christ, you can just raise your hand and put it right back down all over this building. If this is you and you just want to secure that moment to be with him for eternity, this is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. And if that's you here this morning, we're just going to say this prayer together. We're going to say, thank you, Jesus that you came and that you died on the cross for my sins. I recognize that I am a sinful person, that I am unworthy and undeserving. I pray, Jesus, that you would come and wash me, that you would come and cleanse me. I give my life over to you to be the savior of my life, to be the champion of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just give God a good round? Can we thank Him? We're going to sing this song again, and we're just going to worship Him for who He is. That He is a Savior of the, of the one who believes in work, the non-believer, the believer. We're just going to worship. Come on, let's just worship this morning, church. After, God we thank you for your love for you are love and that awesome moment that happened God three days later you rose again you championed you rose again we love you so much this morning we thank you for what you've spoken what you continually speak and reach after us we love you so much and I just pray over everyone in this place today that accepted Christ and asked him into his life, that I just pray, God, that you would you would begin to speak to them, Lord God, intimately like you know how, that they would just begin to be transformed by the renewing of their mind, Jesus. We thank you that another one is in paradise today. Another one is in paradise today. For you came to give salvation. We love you so much. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Can we give God a good hand clap this morning? Amen. We love you so much. We'll see you next Sunday. Have an amazing carnitas-filled lunch.